everyone, and welcome to another episode of Films on Trial. This week, episode number 19, Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. I'm Gav. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. I'm Alex. Basically, we are four lads who sit around and bitch about films. You could say, quite like Demon Knight, you don't know whether we're dead or alive. Uh, uh, I like it. You like that, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I haven't got one of these references, so like that's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so if you haven't heard the show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also lots of quizzes, banter, biffy songs, and a whole host of hilarity. However, this month, it is Halloween Horror Month, and we're asking all of the guys to pick their favourite, most underrated horror film and put it on trial. So this week, it's my turn, and I have picked one of my favourite horror films of all time, Tales from the Crypt Presents Demon Knight. We're going to go into that in a little bit more detail later on. But before we do, how about one of our most regular parts of the show? It is the news. <laughs> oh, come on. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks. Very good. Very you good. don't even know what that is, do you? I do. It's, uh, you just did it so angrily. I was frightened. I was frightened. <laughs> I was hoping that the wine would calm me down, but if anything, it's made me angrier. So basically, this part of the show is where we go around and we speak about our most newsworthy topics of the week. So first up, Alex, what is your piece of news for the week? Well, in keeping with the sort of Halloween horror um, theme we've got going, mine is about the fact that they've now downgraded The Silence of the Lambs, which was released in 1991, from an 18, it's now gone down to a 15 which I thought was interesting just because, I don't. I mean, the film's the exact same, but why, you know, why have they changed it? Have we become a bit sort of desensitised to it now? Is it not? I mean, apparently when it came out at the time, people, there was like tales of people actually being sick in the aisles. It was that affecting people that much. But now it seems like, you know, I don't know, it just seems like the... Yeah, probably, probably so. When you've got stuff like the human centipede, yeah, um, right. Hannibal maybe loses a little bit of its, uh, you know, effectiveness. Yeah, well, it's uh, funny you should say that because we've actually got some footage of the original recording of Sounds of the Lambs uh, when it was first shown in the cinema. Uh, hang on. <laughs> Any excuse, Gav? Any excuse? <laughs> <laughs> was it worth it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it was quite similar to what we were talking about a few weeks ago, wasn't it, with regards to uh, Sony, was it, that they were... Uh, desensitizing their films or, or cleaning up, the oh, yeah, doing the yeah, edits yeah. for uh, for in-flight movies. Yeah, yeah. But this seems like the opposite. This seems like a studio actually saying, "No, yeah, yeah, fifteen-year-olds can watch the sounds for lambs now." To be honest, I, I mean, well, I, I'm not a good judge. To be fair, because no, I, no, I can see what you're going to say, "No, you're not." <laughs> is it? Is it that scary? Uh, I mean, he does wear someone's face. His head, like the head, is a hat, basically, doesn't it? At some point, yeah. But so say, does Nicolas Cage in the film Face Off. And that was in I've got to say, by today's standards, it's not as violent as you may remember it. I think it has paled a bit in comparison to some of the more modern films coming out. I think, yeah, this it's kind of a justified um, downgrade, to be honest with you. Mm. I feel okay. That, that shut everyone up. <laughs> to be fair, it's been a while since I've watched it. I always remember the creepiest parts being uh, Ted Levine's um, Buffalo Bill mm. uh, and 
Actually, I can't really remember Hannibal Lecter being that terrifying. However, I did forget forget the face wearing until you just reminded me now. Yeah, so. I mean, that's pretty. I'd say that's pretty rank. And I, mean, I think yeah. it should be an eighteen. There is the face wearing. There's there's the, the police officer strung up like an angel with his yeah. guns hanging out. Yeah, it is violent. I'd say but, an eighteen, wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess maybe, maybe. But, yeah, I guess it's just you know it seems like you've really got a shock audiences now to get it you know r-rated to 18 but, yeah. well yeah it's it's like well any film these days they're always trying to get that wider audience coming in aren't they so you find i think we spoke about it before where films in a series that were once 18 and now 15s like diehards because they're trying to appeal to a younger audience and get more people in more eyes on the prize well apparently call back to the last episode but the ring uh that got heavily edited after its first cut because it was like it was n- very graphically violent in the first cut, and they wanted to t- take it down to a twelve. I think it was finally. Was it a twelve? Twelve. That, that is not appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> that but is they, not for twelve year olds. But, yeah, but they but they did like they they took out a significant amount of violence from the first cut. Well, thank you very much for that, Alex. Uh, Dave, what is your piece of news for the week? Uh, I've gone for what you might call low hanging fruit, but uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi just released a much longer trailer. And has everyone had a chance to see it yet? Anyone? Anyone missed out? I'm purposefully not watching them, so I cannot check yeah, it. So. Yeah, ditto, to yeah. be honest. So. <laughs> I've given up on trailers. Sorry, Dave. No, I did watch it. I don't think it gives too much away. Maybe one particular thing. But, yeah, I thought it was quite a good trailer. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it looks like a toy commercial, to be honest with you. I saw the introduction uh, of the little... Half hamster, half penguin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is that is blatantly going to be the number one toy for Christmas. Christmas I think. Definitely. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, so yeah. There's a bit of merchandising going on there, but it looks good. I think it doesn't give too much away. There's not too much in the way of dialogue. Looks like there's some good action set pieces. It it looks promising. On the scale of one to ten, how excited are you about it? Uh, I was a seven. This has bumped me up to an eight. Okay, so, solid yeah, eight. It's worked. Yeah. Even yeah. with Biffy cartoon characters coming into it. Even with Biffy cartoon actually, that's what did it. That's what did. That's what yeah, it. got an extra point. Edged you. Yep. So they probably uh, you know kind of had the script in mind and, and all the characters, and then George Lucas was like, oh, you know, can we have this little Biffy <laughs> Biffy alien type thing? I thought it him forty years ago. <laughs> is, is he still involved? Was he like banging on the window outside the board meeting? Hey, have you thought about Biffy cute aliens? It's like no. No, George, we're not interested. Think of the money. <laughs> hey, oh, guys. <laughs> hey, guys, you know what worked really well? Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> we did that for the 21st century. Everybody loves Ewoks. Uh, so uh, I, I saw something the other day. It might not be a spoiler, but it was a kind of... No, I don't want to know. Well, it's not a spoiler. It's, okay. it's, it's like a fan, a fan concept. So it's a, you know, a, a fan theory. Yeah. Can I say a fan theory? I mean, it's not a spoiler. It's just some guy. Yeah, could be it. anybody. could yeah, be yeah. me. Let's just say it was me. It was you. <laughs> it's Steven Spielberg <laughs> under a different username. <laughs> so uh, somebody had said, it had got all the posters for the Star Wars films from episode one, including the Phantom Menace and that trilogy, including Rogue, uh, Rogue One and also Force Awakens, and said that there's always evil looming in the background. So all the posters, the, the way they're set up, you know, the whole floating head thing, the biggest head right at the very back is always the baddie. So you've got Darth Vader, you had Darth Maul, then you had uh, Anakin Skywalker. Um, and for this one, the big head at the back is Luke Skywalker. So... So people are thinking, well, this this uh, this fan anyway was thinking, oh, maybe that's foreshadowing what might happen in the film. What, that Luke's the, the villain? Luke might be a buddy or become a buddy. Exciting. Interesting. Exciting. I'm hooked. I'm intrigued. I'm, my my uh, theory, 
be that it's going to be what's her name daisy ridley what's what's the character ray ray, ray. i guess that she's going to be the bad character really yeah. I, I think that's no, I mean, a solid not a bad theory. character but i mean you know she's going to be tempted and go to the dark side oh. i think it's a solid theory thank you okay yeah you, well that's exciting <laughs> Uh, okay, right, so we'll m- moving swiftly on to my piece of news of the week, and mine's even lower hanging fruit than Dave's. In fact, it's more like a vegetable that have plucked out the ground. Uh, <laughs> it's to talk about Harvey Weinstein again. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like, um, because it, it's, been a, it's been a while since we recorded our last episodes, and I think I'm safe to say now that he is an abominable man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a really, really horrible, horrible man. Indefensible. I mean, the stories are insane. Uh, well, you used to, well, that's a that's a good uh, choice of words you've just used there, Brucey. Uh, indefensible. Indefensible, because somebody has leapt out to his defence. <laughs> oh, yeah. And can you guess who that man is? Is it someone I greatly respect and admire? Uh, well respected, uh, I might, might say. <laughs> admired. Uh, uh, Woody Allen, yeah. Woody yeah. Allen's come out and said... What did he say? Uh, he, he, uh, what did he, he say? He feels sad for Harvey Weinstein. He feels sad for Harvey Weinstein. Yes. Uh, yeah. What about all the women that Harvey Weinstein sexually assaulted? What about them? He didn't mention anything about them, funnily enough. Did, did he put any, was there any context at all? I mean, I'm not saying that there's any way that that sentence can be said, but I mean, how did he get to the point when he said that I feel sorry for, oh my God, did, did, do you know? Um, I, not really, no, I think it was, it was, he's got a new film out, hasn't he, which funnily enough has been panned yeah. by mm. the critics so I don't know maybe he was just trying to deter some attention away from that I don't know <laughs> well the one person um, it also that I wanted to speak about was uh, James Corden uh, he's uh, yeah, a yeah. favourite of this podcast yeah. he made some really really distasteful uh, uh, I can't even see my finger quotes but I'm, I'm doing them <laughs> jokes. Uh, jokes yeah at an award ceremony and it didn't go down too well um, so this is a guy who hadn't actually released any sort of statement or comments on his on his show or on his Twitter uh, condemning Harvey Weinstein or uh, showing support for his victims, but instead refused to uh, in, instead went out and you know delivered these really distasteful jokes at an award ceremony. I mean, it's still very very raw. More massively people are coming back- out, and it massively backfired, hasn't he? He's been apologising for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a. A misstep, should we say, on Gordon's behalf. Well, the one person I wanted to speak about was uh, Terry Crews. I don't know if anybody saw it, but Terry Crews, uh, the actor from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he came out and he said that he'd been sexually assaulted by a producer um, a, a few years ago. And I thought it was really, uh, I, th- I thought it was commendable for him to come out and, and say that because it's it's showing his support to all the victims of Harvey Weinstein and all the other producers because it obviously still goes on to this day and sorry i've got what he's gonna say this is this terrifying thing where it's always kind of been known isn't it you know when you think about like hollywood producers exploiting people and stuff there's so many characters when there's films about hollywood nearly everyone has a character that's possibly based on like yeah. harvey weinstein or someone like or that, joel you know? silver or something yeah, or, like that you know, yeah. one of these big hollywood yeah i mean it's i just think it's it's disgusting to think that it was it was going on to this day and it probably still is going on uh, you know i mean uh, i think maybe i've just got the blinkers on maybe i'm just being really naive and i i you know i've seen the stereotypes and the characters that have been portrayed in films as you just mentioned there but i didn't think no. for a minute no, oh that's still, that's still no, happened. that has still happened you no, thought no. it was a characterization yeah of... something made mm. extreme for yeah. but no yeah and the yeah. amount of high profile actresses that have come out and said that they've um, suffered it themselves and they've been a, a victim um, of sexual harassment it's it's ridiculous. I can't believe how how many. Well, you know, I, I can believe, but it's uh, 
it's still horrible. I know. Fingers crossed this is a turning point. But yeah. Well, if, hopefully. if you can take down Harvey Weinstein, then yeah. nobody is untouchable. Yeah, hopefully. Anyway, Joel, what is your piece of news for the week? Uh, well, mine's pretty low-key, but Deadpool 2 has finished shooting. So, uh, yeah, it's all kind of wrapped up. Uh, it's just kind of post-production and it begins now, I think. But, you know, from the trailers and stuff, it, you know, it looks pretty exciting, I think, from... Uh, you know, from everything that we've seen so far and the original was, was so good because it just kind of took everyone by surprise, I think, in terms of, uh, like, the content in it and, like, the comedy and all that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, the characters kind of almost got, like, uh, like cult status now, I think. So, um, yeah, exciting. So it's, I think it's sometimes... I'm not saying they can't do it, but it's hard to, like, back up... It's hard to follow up a cult... You know, like a, a breakout smash. I'm not saying they can't do it, it's, it's it's hard hard going from I think, but I think they could do it. Stick to the guns, stick to more of the same. Don't try and bite off more than they could chew. I reckon they could do a decent sequel to this. Yeah, well, I think that was the issue with the first director from the first film is that him and Ryan Reynolds and the producers had a bit of a disagreement, and I believe that's why the original director left the sequel because he wanted to kind of take it in a different direction. He wanted to try and compete against the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe right, okay. and try and take it as a bigger. big budget sort of blockbuster yeah. film. Whereas Ryan Reynolds really liked the sort of low-key, yeah. kind of low-budget, um, R-rated feeling that it has. Different, had. Yeah, yeah, different to the other. Yeah, yeah got to be different, you know, do something, bring something fresh to the table. Yeah. And it was fresh, it was, Ooh. it was really fresh. And I think it's it also leads into your points, uh, Bruce, about... Um, films kind of being 18 and maybe uh, the fact that we've been desensitised or that we're just oh, yeah. exposed to too much Not violence. Making 18 film. You yeah. Mean. yeah. But, but the fact is that they went for the R rating so in America it is an R rating but over here it is, it's still a 15. Is it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ryan Reynolds was being interviewed about on Radio 1. He was horrified. Was he? <laughs> when he got told it was a 15 he was like, <laughs> what? Are you serious? Have you seen it? <laughs> Okay, right, so I'm going to draw a close to the news there, guys. So thank you very, very much. Oh, come on. Very good. Nice. Very good. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Only four attempts. <laughs> get in there. Get in there. Right, I'll, see, I'll see I'll edit some of them out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, so moving on to the bulk of the show uh, and uh, before we get on to that I just wanted to um, do a little bit of this uh, I mean, that was no context that was no context <laughs> just to remind people that it is a sort of Halloween horror month sure, and you know sure. yeah we're trying to get that um, oh, maybe I should go for some mood music yeah, no, instead do another one do, oh, do, do, do not your boots like that. Has that yeah, set the tone? That has, that has. Yeah, yeah. If that was called uh, ominous. Just <laughs> ominous. And it's still going on now, which is quite <laughs> ominous. <laughs> uh, okay, so what I will do now is still just... <laughs> uh, to give you a bit of context, if you've never heard this show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. Uh, so what usually happens is we pick a film at random from the hat, but as I explained earlier, because it's Halloween Horror Month, we are all picking our favourite and underrated horror films, and mine is Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Uh, so that means I am going to be defending it and trying to place it on the hit list in the role of the prosecutor this week. We've got Joel, who's... Uh, but, but, no, you haven't. No, you have not. <laughs> right, okay. My, I wish. <laughs> this week, in the role of 
Prosecutor, we have Dave, who's yeah, going to try and condemn it and place it on the shit list. I love the way you just insulted Joel. Do you know what Joel is? I'm not judged. Oh, sugar bucket. <laughs> okay, right. In the role of character witness, who is going to be giving their genuine opinion to either side of the argument, throw a bit more weight behind it, is Alex. And in the most important role in the show, the role of judge... Uh, the delectable, commendable, <laughs> delightful Joel. Uh, so their their role basically is to listen to both sides of the argument and decide whether to place it on the hit list or the shit list based solely on the arguments that are put forward to them and not their own opinion. So without further hesitation, I'm going to give a You're bit doing of... doing a synopsis? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do... Can you do it in a Crypt Keeper voice? Oh, uh, I don't know if I can. I'll, I'll settle for a southern drawl if you got that better. That's true. <laughs> oh man, I wouldn't mind. But we watch we watch an episode. The, re- the reason I pick this basically is because we watch an episode of Tales from the Crypt after every time we do a recording. So um, anyway, right. So uh, all right, I'll, I'll try. A man on the run <laughs> is hunted by a demon known as the Collector. I mean, yeah. That, that's, that's good. That's that was actually good. Good. That yeah. was a hell of a yeah, lot better yeah. than I thought it was going to be. Right, okay. And uh, a biffy song uh, to accompany oh, this. Of course. We really forgot about this. Is uh, um, because it's demon night and the feelings, <laughs> right? Because it's demon night. Oh, what an oh, what a night. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so without further hesitation, I'm going to pass it over to our lovely and handsome judge, <laughs> Joel. <laughs> Okie dokie, so who wants to go first this week? Uh, Gav, you want to be- do your pick? Gav. Okay, right, so I will um, decide, I think I'm going to go with cast. Uh, so the reason I've gone with cast is because I am against Dave, and I do know how Dave loves his casts. So... I wanted to start basically by talking about William Sadler, who is the main actor within this film. He is great at giving off a really, really creepy, unhinged vibe. So when we're first introduced to him as a character, we initially don't know if he's a hero or not. That's intensified when uh, we're introduced to Billy Zane uh, and uh, we move on to the motel, which is the main setting for the film. Um, There's some sort of like nuanced, creepy sort of niceness to William Sadler's character, even when I think Billy Zane reveals that he's actually the bad guy. Um, But going on, uh, as the film plays out, Sadler gives off this really great performance as this broken down old horse of a hero character. He does it so well that he looks exhausted throughout the film but he's still got a lot of fight left in him he gives a tremendous performance i'm going to keep on saying tremendous even though it's been highlighted that i say quite a lot but he does give off a tremendous performance and it is important to note that this isn't the only time uh, william sadler has appeared in tales from the crypt franchise he was actually in the very first episode of tales from the crypt playing the executioner and the producers liked him so much that it invited him back to the film even though he'd appeared in it before uh, so i mentioned briefly before um billy zane who i think is the star of this show he gives a standout performance so much so i was watching it thinking oh my god 
Billy Zane is fantastic. Why isn't he in more stuff? And I, I genuinely don't know, to be honest. I mean, he, he is just, when he's first introduced, he's got that same sort of feeling, vibe to William Sadler. We don't know really if he's a good guy or he's a bad guy. He's saying that he's good. He gets on the side of the police. And then when he, you know, he, his motives are finally revealed, his performance turns from this really creepy and subtle character to this crazy, psycho sort of game show host and he's, he's doing impressions, he's got comedy, he's got, you know, a villainry, he's, there's bits where he's really serious, there's bits where he's quite frightening, there's bits where he's kind of slapstick. He has so many different sides to his character, it is really tremendous to see. He, when he manipulates each character, which is a big theme throughout uh, the, the film, um, it just shows how persuasive and manipulative he is. He is really great at picking out those characters' weaknesses, whether it's um, CCH Pounder's um, arm he presents to her at the end or when he, he talks to Dick Miller and he's, you know, he tries to tempt him with alcohol. It's almost like that sort of religious vibe that it's uh, kind of constantly trying to show throughout the film. It's almost like, you know, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, this is him trying to tempt the characters into going into the dark side. Uh, but just to briefly touch upon some of the tremendous... I just keep on saying it now. The magnificent supporting <laughs> cast. Uh, I mentioned briefly before, we've got Dick Miller, who is a great character actor. Dave, you will definitely agree. It's Tense and Terminator. He's, he's great um, at playing Dick Miller. <laughs> well, he gives a great Dick Miller performance of Dick Miller in this film, uh, of that sort of nice, kind of uh, gentle uncle character. He's a friendly sort of uncle character to everybody in the film, but he's also got that dark side to him. As I said before, you know, uh, Billy Zane manipulates him with alcohol and it manages to sway him to the dark side. Uh, we've got Jada Pinkett Smith, who is tremendous in this film. Uh, the fact is producers actually wanted Cameron Diaz to be in the film, but the director pushed really hard for Jada Pinkett and it paid off in the end because she gives a magnificent performance throughout the film. Her character arc is really great. I mean, she starts off as this sort of really hard, moody, uh, tough as nails uh, teen and she's quite troubled and then as it goes on as it develops uh, there's a bit where she's almost tempted into the dark side we don't know if she's gonna if she's gonna succumb or not you know she seems quite weak at that stage but then towards the end she transforms into this absolute you know badass heroine and it's magnificent to see to be honest we've also got thomas hayden church there who perfectly plays the arsehole of the film so well you know there's a bit where he pushes his girl into the path of danger uh, he's manipulative and dangerous and he keeps that up throughout he's just one of those really unlikable characters and he plays it really really well and i think of like a really really kind of great um character actor one of my favorites of all time cch pounder uh, she is absolutely fantastic in this uh, i mean I i've loved her in loads of things i've seen her in the shield she was in sons of anarchy as well dave you like both of those don't you uh, but just to say in this she gives a really great performance uh she she is just an absolute... She's got that element of comedy throughout, but she's also a complete take-no-prisoners absolute badass. She gets her arm ripped off at one stage, and then she gives this tremendous line where Billy Zane tries to tempt her with her arm, saying, you know, like, oh, if you join the dark side, you can have your arm back. And she holds up her, her stub, and Billy Zane's like, oh, are you, are you holding your hand out to, to shake it? And she's like, no, I'm giving you the finger. And I think, you know, throughout, she is just, uh, she, even to a very sort of triumphant sacrifice at the end, it's explosive, pun intended, but she is actually the boss. So, yeah, the cast is tremendous 
They give great performances, and without them, the film wouldn't have been as good. But it was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a lot of uh, tremendous <laughs> cast appearances there, Dave. <laughs> uh, what have you got to say? Yeah, the, the there are some very good character actors in this film. I will not deny that. CCH Pounder, I agree, is a fantastic actress. But does this film necessarily bring out the best of these actors? And I don't think it does. William Sadler, I adore William Sadler. I think he's a brilliant character actor. But Gav's right, he just looks tired in this film. That is the extent of his range, pretty much. There could have been a whole thing about his character where you like try to learn his backstory. It emerges in the end, starting from that he's about 100 years old or something, I think. And it, it, there could have been so much more backstory to this character instead of him just looking tired and fatigued and a bit weary. Is he weary of the film? Is the character weary of life? Was this, was this fortuitous that the actor's experiences were reflected in his character? I'm not so sure. This film doesn't really allow him to explore the character that could have been. You know, it's it's not as good as, like, say, Michael Bean in in uh, Terminator. He's your perfect example of a worn-down old horse of a hero. William Sadler is a pale imitation of that, to be honest with you, in this film. Um, and the character just doesn't really give him the chance to break out. I mean, Gav's right. He did appear in the pilot episode of Tales from the Crypt Keeper, but that was one for the fans. That's why they brought him back, just because it's like it's a little nod to the show, which he keeps on doing, and maybe nods to the show a little too much. Maybe they should have tried to make this a film in its own right and tried to focus on that, but I'll talk more about that later. Um, yeah, we don't really find out enough about William Sadler's character to really get behind him as a hero. Billy Zane, I will make a concession at this point, does a good turn. But the fact that he is the best thing about this film... It says quite a bit, because he's not in it that much. He's just kind of like lurking outside the saloon, having a hoedown with some demons, kind of making wisecracks. He's not much of a villain, really, but he is he's a compelling watch, and no denials there. He's actually pretty good, but yeah, the, the, the crazy kind of aspect is comedy. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Is it a standout performance, or is it a stand-up performance he's trying to deliver? I'm not too sure. CCH Pounder brilliant she is a superb actress but there is one bit that she just doesn't seem to be able to deliver and i don't think it's her fault i think it's the direction once she loses the arm you see her she's like lying lying back on a couch like drinking alcohol trying to deal with the pain in her arm the next thing you see her she's running through the basement running up a flight of stairs it's like the arm does not bother her now i really think she could have tried to remember the fact that she just lost an arm less than an hour ago and maybe that would impede her running upstairs or maybe she should have kept on acting with that maybe tried to deliver some sort of pain through this i don't know Jada Pinkett, not bad. Some wooden lines, but you know what? On the whole, she's actually not bad. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, I actually wasn't a big fan of his performance in this film, to be honest with you. And I don't think that's his fault. Again, I think it's poor script writing. The character is poor. All this character is, is the asshole of the film. Like you said yourself, you know, he perfectly plays the asshole. That's all his character is. There is no character development, no character arc. There is nothing else to describe this character apart from he's the arsehole. He's badder than bad. He's badder than Billy Zane in this. It's like he, he sacrifices his girlfriend to the demons. He makes a deal with the devil to save his own skin, even though he, know, he knows he's condemning mankind. It's like this guy is too bad to be believed. And it just doesn't really work out that way. Uh, there's some poor performances in the supporting cast as well. Gary Farmer's Deputy Bob, I have to say, was uh, was one that stuck out. Charles Fleischer, woefully underused as Wally, 
the mailman who uh, they find his stash up in the attic of grenades and guns. He was a mailman that was about to go on a killing spree, which I thought was a little bit tasteless, to be honest with you. But yeah, that just gave them an excuse to bring some grenades into the fold. And it's not a bad actor, Charles Fleisch. I just thought he was very underused. And Dick Miller just playing Dick Miller, you know. It's I, I like him. I think he's a good, good performer. I liked him in uh, in Gremlins and some of the other films he's done. But at the end of the day, he's not really got range. And it's uh, it's not just alcohol that he gets tempted with. There's some very unnecessary nudity there. You can blatantly tell this is adapted from an HBO uh, TV series. So yeah, that's that's my take on cast. Okay, I think Gav just wants to quickly quickly put in here. Yeah, passed out, but was woken back up. To. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dave. Uh, just to answer a couple of those uh, rhetorical questions. By, that the, you by, asked the, by the way, he, he's just been frantically googling some of these. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I just wanted to ensure that I had the character actor's name right. Uh, yeah, to answer some of these uh, wild rhetorical questions that you had uh, can we ask was this their best performance of the cast um, yes yeah Billy Zane I would say that that is his best performance is that, is that not kind of sad the thing that this is the best he got to well, well, that, is that an argument about the film or is that an argument about Billy Zane's career which one is it could, it, could it be a bit of both <laughs> and, and you, you asked you asked you know it's, it's sad that he's the best thing in it well he's the main protagonist you know he, he's he's a antagonist sorry he's you know you said he's, he's hardly in it he's, he's in it a lot more than Michael Keaton's in Beetlejuice he's in it a lot more than uh, Anthony Hopkins is in Sounds of the Lambs it's you know and were their performances terrible in that did that detract from the film how little they Are were in it you comparing Demon Knight to Sounds of the Lambs <laughs> no I'm comparing the length in which Billy Zane was in the film to those other performances Dave that's what I'm doing and I would say that he is in it a lot longer than those two actors were in those films and it didn't detract from those films and it doesn't detract from this film as well he is the antagonist he is the one that has driven the whole the, the, he's, he's driven the plot to the motel he's driven the character there he is driving the entire film and you know it, for him to be the best thing in it that's that's fine Anthony Hopkins was the best thing in Sounds of the Lambs same thing for Michael Keaton in Beetlejuice would you not have wanted to get behind your hero a bit more I mean at least in Sounds of the Lambs Jodie Foster gave as equally a good performance as Anthony Hopkins I don't think William Sadler quite is up to Billy Zane's level well you, you said about Billy's uh, sorry uh, uh, William Sadler being really tied the vote and then you compared him to Michael Bien and right. you, you also said he was looks exhausted throughout I, I, I did to be honest because Dave you also said that he is he is hundreds of years old which we find out he is hundreds of years old so to well, imagine he's 100 100 years old because he gets his powers in World War One, doesn't he so. okay right okay so he's 100 years old then right he's 100 <laughs> years old and he's, he's been slightly, on he's slightly less than 100 years old to be factually it's true he came out in 1997 he's got a good point okay right so he's slightly less than 100 years old <laughs> and he's been on the run ever since and this is he's been on the run for a, a, from a relentless merciless killer who has been chasing him every single day since since what since 90 years and you know the fact is that yeah okay he's going to be exhausted he's going to be tired he probably has had limited sleep michael bean you know he's what well, he's probably been th- fighting 30 years perhaps <laughs> fight for another 60 years Michael Bean and then let's see how tired a performance he gives and when you said about CCH Pounder you know she does have like a bottle of scotch you know there's maybe she might just be drunk and her pain has been numbed by uh, uh, the alcohol and the adrenaline when she's fleeing for her life maybe 
I, I know. Maybe. And also, you said about Thomas Hayden Church as well, just being an asshole. Well, the fact is that you know, like, yeah, he is an asshole. You have asshole characters in films. We've spoken about it before. We've mentioned about Paul Gleason in Die Hard, or Paul Gleason in Breakfast Club, or Paul Gleason in anything. The fact is that that's that's a character that you have in a film. You know, they're an asshole. You know that they're in there for a specific reason. It's not like they're supposed to be believable, or their choices are supposed to be believable. They are put in there to drive the plot forward. This feels a bit lazy. <laughs> okay. So there's your argument. <laughs> <laughs> always seems to be, Gav always seems to bring this out in people, doesn't he? So yeah. I mean, it's always, uh... um, okay, so so Alex, you've obviously been listening keenly there yes. uh, in, in the background. Do you side with anyone in particular? Uh, I do have a very clear side in this one, and it is Gav, I have to say. I actually um, completely side with Gav on this one. I, I thought William Sadler was actually brilliant in this. I thought he was really good. I thought he was perfect for the role, and I thought he yeah, he just slotted in really well. His face was perfect. He did play the tired. It was over... But no, I think he, he injected enough into it as well. I like the way when he's sad about going... You know, when he's, he decides to go and follow them through the mine shaft i thought he played that really well so you know yes he's tired but i think he still brings stuff to the role as well billy zane is just brilliant in this film i mean i i love i know when i'm watching a good performance and i'm actually like flicking back rewinding a little bit to see how they've i love the bit you know when you get shot in the with the eye in the arrow i just love that you know all i don't know it's just i really love that bit uh, you know, Dave's not wrong. You know, Dick Miller is playing Dick Miller, but I like Dick Miller, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, Jada Pinkett was, yeah, you know, it wasn't perfect, but I still think she was good for the role. I think she did really well. I really liked Thomas Hayden Church. I thought he was perfect as an asshole. And I agree with Gav that, you know, every film's got an asshole. And I think, actually, if the character, if you'd had someone else playing that, it would have seemed a bit over the top. But I feel like Thomas Hayden Church is watchable enough that you weren't that aware he was such a complete asshole all the way um i did like the nonsense of the show dave is right there was quite a lot of unnecessary nudity it is pretty gratuitous in bits which i think is kind of indefensible and maybe quite dated now because it is just like mm, that's a little bit much you know it's it, it's sort of just dotted throughout um gary farmer is it bob yeah he, was a, bob, he yeah. was a bit shit but <laughs> you know um but also cch pounder was really good and there was some cracking lines in this and i no i, I really I, I was pretty surprised because i was going into this thinking what is demon knight i don't well i've got to watch this uh but no i actually i actually thought it was yeah i really liked the performances and i really liked the cast I'm genuinely surprised. <laughs> you weren't expecting it, were you? Not in the slightest bit. Right, yeah. When I picked this film, I was like, well, I know Alex is going to hate this. <laughs> well, to be, to be fair, just a bit of background on Gavin. I think the last time we were all together, we sat round and watched the Killjoy box set. <laughs> so this is coming from, from a man who, who makes us watch probably some of the worst films any yeah, of us if, have if ever seen. If you don't seen. know what Killjoy is, never find out. Like, never. Like, ever honestly, tell us in the crypt, Demon Knight is, is like the godfather in comparison to children. <laughs> okay, so uh, next argument, I'm going to pass over to you, if that's all right, Dave. Yeah, no problem. Um, I just really want to talk about the concept of the film as a whole. Is As we know, Gav said, it's an adaptation. Well, no, no. It's a continuation of Tales from the Crypt Keeper, the TV series. And the big question is, if you treble a big Tales from the Crypt Keeper episode and treble the amount of time, do you treble the amount of fun? Do you treble the entertainment? The answer is no, you do not. 
you have basically stretched something beyond its natural life. You can watch a Tales from the Crypt Keeper episode where it's trying to be funny, trying to, and it's trying to be scary. You can watch that for 20 minutes, and if it's bad, it's bad. It's like, ah, oh, that was only 20 minutes of my life. This film takes up 90, and that's a little too long, to be honest with you. What you have is essentially one big Tales from the Crypt Keeper episode, and it's just one for the fans. Anyone who is not a fan of Tales of the Crypt Keeper is not going to enjoy this. It's, uh, it, it, it's directed by Ernest Dickerson, who hasn't really brought much to the table in terms of creativity. He's, uh, he's done a few episodes of The Walking Dead, probably the bad ones. He's done a couple episodes of Dexter, a couple episodes of Masters of Horror, a couple episodes of Heroes, a couple episodes of Tales of the Dark Side. He's, he's a TV director. This guy should not be making motion pictures. And I think that's proven in this, the fact that a, a TV uh, studio has asked him to make a feature length adaptation of one of their episodes and it is just a big episode of tales of the crypt keeper and he's a tv director and he's well out of his depth who better to pick than a tv director to uh, to direct a tv to film adaptation he's not not making a tv episode he's making a feature length film that's going for a cinematic release this didn't go direct to dvd maybe it should have done but this actually did have a cinematic release by the way, it's Tales from the Crypt, not Tales from the Crypt Keeper. The, Sorry, it the is, fact yeah. that you keep getting that wrong is really upsetting me. <laughs> I've, I've been doing that since I was like six, to be honest. I've always called it Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Uh, how many times have I sat you down and made you watch an episode of Tales from the Crypt and you're still getting the title wrong? Many a time, many a time. But uh, it's also going to be said that there were supposed to be two sequels to this film that never got to happen because this one did not really pan out the way the studio had hoped. There was supposed to be dead easy. If you actually watched it right to the end of the mm. credits, the Crypt Keeper comes on and says... Well, well, all right, dickheads, hope you enjoyed me. For, that's not quite his words. But he said, I hope you enjoyed me film. Uh, stay tuned for Dead Easy and Body Count coming soon. And it's just like, those films never got to be produced just because the studios kind of didn't know what to make of it. It, it did not draw in the crowds. It did not make a great deal of money. And it just kind of flopped a little bit, I'm sorry to say, Gav. It was not a big success. It was one for the fans and no one else. No one else got on board with it. Uh, I saw a couple of reviews when I was researching this one. One critic said, if I was 12, I might have loved it. How old were you when, when you watched this for the first time, Gav? Too uh, young. Too young? <laughs> no, in Gav, probably about four or five. the cinema, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's not enough substance to this to keep anyone who isn't a fan of Tales from the Crypt entertained. So it's a, it's a good TV show, but it's been stretched beyond its natural life, and that that comes all too clear, as it was on... And it's not really funny enough to be a spoof. It's not really scary enough to be a landmark of horror. It just kind of falls a bit flat. Okay, Gav, I can see you uh, rocking back and forth. <laughs> do you want to put in? I, I just love the idea of the <laughs> the Crypt Keeper. Let's be like, hello, dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> I would have paid to have seen that. I would have made this film a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, it's usually a bit more funnier than that, to be honest. <laughs> but the scriptwriter just there, like, oh man, we can't use, we can't use. No one's going to be staying yeah. around to the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Dave's main argument there was the fact that it was a long episode of the TV series, uh, but it, in actuality, it wasn't. Uh, it was a film that was on that blacklist. You know, we always mention it about it? You know, those those films that are just uh, on on that list of films that are really good, but nobody's bothered making them yet. So it was on that list for ages, and it's actually the only um, 
uh, the only time that they've deviated from the original comics was for this. So all of the episodes were from EC Comics, and this is the only one that wasn't because the producers read the script and they thought it was so good and it had the same sort of levels of comedy and horror and subtext that they could include that in the Tales from the Crypt uh, franchise. So it was actually a film, a 90-minute film, that they just put the Tales from the Crypt heading on. So... Uh, a big finger to yourself, pal. Uh, just to uh, <laughs> just keep, it, keep it simple, George, please. Yeah, <laughs> so I just, I just want to go into it. It's a bit. Hello, dickheads. I just want to go into a little bit more detail. Okay, so when this film first starts, we have that iconic opening, that introduction. That is that is iconic that sort of kind of winding camera through the house with Danny Elfman's fantastic music playing throughout we know from the get-go that this is going to be great <laughs> well you know at least I did anyway <laughs> the fact of the matter is that Dave said that it was made for fans well you know yeah of course it was made for fans but it was made for everyone as well and the fact is that it it doesn't move too far away from what the series was with regards to feeling and sense you know you know exactly what it is you're going in to see anybody that is going into this to think that they're going to get like silence and lambs or psycho or something with you know really kind of well drawn out characters and witty dialogue it's it's, you know it's completely mistaken they know that it's going to be a tales from the crypt they know it's going to be over the top shock gore a lot of special effects and sort of really hokey sort of comedy and 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 it kept up all throughout the special effects in the film were absolutely fantastic from the very beginning where you have that sort of guy that had been melted in acid walking up the stairs and all his body parts have fallen off as he's sticking to the banister to later on when billy zane shot through the eye or any of the deaths you know you've got the kind of the final or the penultimate battle when the kid transforms into a demon and starts biting william sadler i love the way that it juxtaposes between the film and the comic book as well it's already like it's already been played out um, you know, we've, we've got, as I mentioned before, this fantastic cast throughout that sort of a cat and mouse between Zane and Sadler is just absolutely brilliant. Um, the kind of the, the setting as well, I thought was really great. The fact that it started out, you know, as a bit of a car chase. So as soon as it began, it was already frantic. It was like, we're in the middle of a car chase here and the film's only just began. And then when it moves on to the bulk of the film, which is actually set at the motel, it changes It changes the actual style of the film and turns it more into a siege film, a bit like Assault on Precinct 13 or Night of the Living Dead. Um, I thought the religious iconography throughout and the backstory was really great. It fleshed out the story a lot more. You said about William Sadler's, char- uh, William Sadler's character. I love the kind of flashbacks to that, you know, that this is going as far back as Jesus himself. Uh, then the whole sort of protecting the key all the different kind of ages that we were shown I thought that was a really really interesting perspective Um, I've got a lot more kind of detailed points here but I, ju- I just think we mentioned about the uh, the religion aspect about it as well the sort of the good versus evil light versus dark every uh, character is almost um tempted by zane who is a sort of demonic character he is uh, you know a collector sort of like the devil himself he is trying to tempt all these characters with what they love their vices uh, he tries to tempt Geraldine uh, G- uh, with fame and fortune and uh, fashion and being able to travel all over the world and um, also you know um he tempts cordelia with company cch pounder with her arm and um, you know it's it's really good play on the character's weaknesses and um, the direction i thought you know the the nice balance between comedy 
and serious. It was really good. You know, you had the horror elements throughout, obviously, but there was also those comedic parts that kept on, you know, reminding you that this is a Tales from the Crypt film. Uh, the final battle, I thought, was really well done. Uh, it's something that we hadn't really seen before, I don't think, in that... Billy Zane, Billy Zane's character was kind of fighting uh, Jada Pinkett's character, who was the good. Uh, so it's good versus evil, but evil was also trying to romance good, while good was trying to kill evil. It was, you know, I thought it was a bit of an unusual spin. Um, right until up till the very end, Billy Zane's death scene is absolutely epic. The special effects used in that were absolutely tremendous. Uh, one of my main gripes about going to the cinema these days and seeing a horror film especially is the overuse of CGI. Uh, with this, hardly any CGI used. I think the only CGI that's used, really, that I can remember is the Crypt Keeper at the beginning, the bits where he's walking. The rest of it seems to be uh, major league special effects, which to me is great. I love special effects films, like The Thing, stuff that uses actual... Uh, tangible pieces of effects that you can actually see i think it's far more realistic and vivid than anything that cgi can use um and yeah i, th- I think you know the, the production team it was key to the film as well they were the same producers from the tv series you had heavyweights like richard donner walter hill joel silver and robert zemeckis who have got a tremendous background of horror comedy sci-fi they know their onions they know how to make a good film and with this they succeeded Okay, so Alex, we've got Dave saying it's pretty much just a continuation of the TV series. It's it's stretched beyond its natural life. Just made for the fans. Uh, the the director obviously is just stuck to TV, and he's out out of his depth here. And that the fact that the sequels got cancelled uh, speaks volumes about the film. And then Gav has pretty much said the polar opposite. The film was always a film. It was on the little black blacklist of unmade films. Um, it, there's loads of iconic scenes in there. There's good music, great special effects. Um, the settings of the film uh, very good as well. Kind of changes uh, from frantic into like a siege setting. The all the characters kind of have good backstory and are very fleshed out. And there's kind of a little bit of an unusual spin uh, on good versus evil. And uh, there's the kind of tales from the crypt. Or Tales from the Crypt Keeper <laughs> stamp uh, all over the film. So, do you side with anyone in particular here? Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit like I, I'm a little bit not quite as on one side as I was the last time. I think um, Dave's right. Like it, at one point, I was a little bit worried in the film. Like, mm, is this outstaying its welcome a little bit? Like, there was a bit I think in the middle, especially when I'm going through the mine shafts, when I was like, mm, "Where's this going?" It seems to be going away from that sort of siege bit that it was going wasn't quite sure where it was going. I was a little bit worried, but then it came back into the motel and I was kind of happy again. Uh, it is a little bit stretched in bits. And, you know, it, Dave said it's for the fans of a Tales of a Crypt, but I am a fan of a Tales of a Crypt. And I think, you know, we kind of all are. <laughs> so, it, like, you know, having said that, I have to do have to say, like, it, I wasn't a big fan of the actual Crypt Keeper bits in it. You know, when it cuts away and it sort of goes, breaks the fourth wall and you've got him as being a director. I wasn't actually a fan of those. Um, but... I am mainly, I think, in the side with Gav again, I think, on this. Um, What I really liked was the religious backstory. I felt that that sort of made it feel a bit like a bridge from TV to film. I feel that that element you wouldn't normally see in a Tales from the Crypt film. That sort of deepened it a little bit, but not too much. And it still retained its Tales from the Crypt feeling. You know, it's Tales of the Crypt presents Demon Knight, you know, so it needs to be... TV-ish, you know, because that's what's so lovely about Tales of the Crypt. And I think 
it doesn't do it perfectly. It is a little bit stretched, but I think it does make that jump and yet still retain the Tales of a Crypt feeling, which isn't easy for it to do at all. Like I say, I really like the siege aspect to it as well into that. And I thought the special effects were really good, like really, really well done. And, you know, yeah, I, I just feel it felt like a Tales of a Crypt film. Although Dave is right, there were just moments when I was a bit worried. But in the end, I feel it came round and it, it nailed it. Okay, thanks for that. Um, has anyone got any... Well, I'll pass it over for closing arguments. Gav, do you want to make a quick statement? Uh, yeah, just to say as well that just because the film's planned trilogy was cancelled, I don't think that should be a reflection on the actual film itself or its critical response as well, because, you know, we could look at great films. I mean, my favourite film of all time was The Thing that was critically panned when it first came out. You know, so what do critics know? Nothing. That's the answer, Dave, right? Uh, but yeah, just to say that this film sets out to be exactly what it is. It is Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. It's got all the characteristics of the TV show. It's got that blend of comedy and horror. You know what you're going to expect when you're watching Tales from the Crypt. Uh, you've got that sort of gore, that sort of, like, comedy that sort of elements of mystery you know i think it it really blends it all together well the 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 fact that this was one of the kind of top films to be made and it was taken by the producers as i said they've got a great backstory in all of these genres and we're able to kind of see the potential in this film just says everything that you need to say about that film the fact that they thought that it was going to be a great tales from the crypt film and it turned out to be that i mean You've got a tremendous cast throughout who give fantastic performances. William Sadler, Billy Zane, especially, they are tremendous in this film. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. <laughs> and the fact, I just want Winston to drink if he is playing a game to this. Tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. Uh, the fact that they have that cat and mouse relationship throughout is, is, is really great. I mean, I think it's Billy Zane's best performance and William Sadler's as well, to be honest. And it, I think it is a bit of a shame that they didn't continue this and make a trilogy out of it. I know they had two other films released a lot later on that I don't think were as good. But, you know, I think this as a standalone film is is great, to be honest. Hey, over to you, Dave. Yeah, I just want to say, Gav says it's the perfect blend of horror and comedy. I don't think... I think it tried a little too hard. I mean, the shocks are cheap and the laughs are even cheaper, to be honest with you. It just doesn't really pan out in the long run. Gav talked about the iconic opening and the great music, and it's like, yeah, yeah, they are, but that's all due to the TV series. It's the TV series that deserves that kudos for that. This film brought nothing new to the table in terms of a great theme or great opening, or even the, the Crypt Keeper bits, whether you love them or hate them, I think really the, the TV show deserves credit for that. This film did not come up with them. Um, the walking Crypt Keeper is some bad CGI, I have to say, and the, uh, the special effects themselves, although they look all right, I think they benefit heavily from the Uncanny Valley, which we talked about a while ago, where the, the special effects are in fact quite naff. And it's just because we're so spoiled by CGI these days that we just kind of, we let them get away with it. We, we make a few exceptions in their case. And like I say, this is a film just for the fans of Tales from the Crypt Keeper. If you're not a fan, you're not going to enjoy it. Appeal. Okay, so 
have we got any quizzes or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, we do have a quiz. Yeah, okay, yeah. stupid, stupid <laughs> he's, question. He's, he's stupid so question. angry right now <laughs> to do a quiz. Look I, at his face. I, I don't want to quiz you right now, Dave. <laughs> do we even so suggest angry. that the he's special so effects hurt. in this film are terrible? I, I think the uh, case is adjourned, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> I'll adjourn you in a minute. And the fact is, that, you know, when we go around at the end and we all find out what we really thought of the film, the fact is, is I know when well, I'm watching well, that film. Well, let, 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 let's, let's leave that till the end. This is a personal, Gav. This is your concept. We're just playing along. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it pass for big time. Anyway, uh, now on to a little a little quiz. Uh, so uh, I've got a little Biffy song for the quiz as well. So um, quiz Dave on these. It's a demon night quiz. Quiz Dave on these. You like that one, yeah? That's pretty good, actually. Thanks, thanks very much. Uh, so this quiz, uh, I'm going to be asking Dave if he can uh, tell me the difference between the episode titles of Tales from the Crypt and song titles from the Irish rock band The Script in a quiz I like to call Script or Crypt, Tales from the Script. <laughs> Script Keeper. <laughs> uh, I will do it in the Crypt Keeper's voice. Um, the first one. <laughs> no, it's, uh, uh, number one is Mad Love. Is that Script or Crypt? Uh, crypt. Crypt. Alex. Crypt. Joel. Crypt. Okay, you're all wrong. It's script. Oh. Mad I, I just thought... <laughs> if we, you know, we, we've gone against Dave too many times, and I just thought this was the day for him <laughs> to bring it back. Right now, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to flip over. I'm going to join me. <laughs> now, Mad Love is from their 2017 album, Freedom Child. Freedom Child, available in stores right now. <laughs> Number two, The Pit. Is that script or crypt? Crypt. Alex? Script. Script. You both go against Dave now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't pay off. <laughs> so well, well done, Dave. He's, He's going to write a song called The Pit. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the Mosh Pit, Dave. <laughs> maybe the Mosh Pit. They're not that kind of band, trust me. <laughs> okay, right. So yeah, it is The Pit. Uh, Dave, I believe you have seen this one. Uh, two martial artists forced to fight to the death by their domineering wives. I haven't seen that one. Haven't you? Yeah, no, it's, a, no. it's, it's, a, it's a good one. <laughs> okay, right. Number three. Six degrees of separation. Is that script or crypt? Script. Okay. Alex? I'm going to go crypt. I think I'll stay with crypt as well. Going against Dave again, both of you. Yeah, but more for because I think it is. Hasn't paid off again, sorry. It is the script. Well done, Dave. Yay. I think Dave likes the script. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Moving on to number four. Last Respects. Is that script or crypt? Script. Okay. Crypt. Crypt. It is crypt. Well yeah. done, guys. Uh, three sisters think they've found a way out of all their troubles when they find a monkey's paw that can grant their wishes. Yeah. The old monkey paw one. Uh, so yeah, it was it was crypt. Moving on to number five. Food for thought. Is that script or crypt? Crypt. Alex. Crypt. I'm going to go with crypt as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Dave and Joel are right. It is Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> a carnival psychic played by the excellent Annie Hudson, goes off the deep end when he finds out that his wife and assistant is in love with the show's fire eater. <laughs> these are these just brilliant. I love these descriptions. Absolutely amazing. Tells you everything you need to know about Tales from the Crypt if anybody's <laughs> never watched it before. Okay, number six, No Man is an Island. Script or Crypt? Script. 
the script. Sounds pretty scripty. If there's an episode of the crypt called that, it's going to be uh, pretty shocking. Uh, well, yeah, it is the script, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I thought, you know, there might be a, a play on a large man, you know, who floats out to sea. You know. <laughs> they've, they've done similar. Yeah. People start to live on him and have a good <laughs> Okay, so uh, that is from the 2017 album Freedom Child, available in stores now. Uh, number seven, no good in goodbye. Script or crypt? Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, d- d- script. Crypt. I think that'd be a good crypt. Crypt. It is the script. Well done, Dave. Uh, so that's from the 2014 album, No Sound Without Silence. Available uh, shops now. Uh, number eight, Three's A Crowd. Script or crypt? Crypt. 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 Yep, it's crypt. Uh, Dave, we actually watched this one quite recently. Uh, is this the one where the guy goes to the cabin? Yada yada. Is that yeah, 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 that's yeah, not yeah. a good one. There, that's really, not a good it? one. It's yeah, not no, one no, of the no. best ones. No. Um, okay, and the last one in this round is number nine, King of the Road. Script or crypt? Script. Script. What are the options again? Script or oh crypt? Oh my! God. <laughs> No, 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 for that you're not answering because you took too long to say it. You sounded like a kettle at one point, and then you asked me what the options are. There's only two options, and uh, they rhyme. They rhyme. He's not angry at you, he's angry at Dave. <laughs> Dave, I, yeah, I threw that one in purposely because I was thinking you might think, is it the road? No, it's, uh, no it's, it's the crypt. Oh. This one is brilliant. A police officer um, renews his past life uh, as a street racer when a cocky young racer, played by Brad Pitt, kidnaps the officer's daughter in order to blackmail him into one last street race. Is Brad Pitt in it? Yeah. Hmm. It's, that sounds, Did you like that episode? I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember that episode. Because you hate Brad Pitt. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, but the thing is, is, I only discovered I hated Brad Pitt about like six years ago. So oh, okay. I, I've probably watched that episode before then. I love the way I'd love to know when you discovered it. <laughs> just that episode uh, of Friends, to uh, be honest, I was like, my yeah, God, no, okay, Brad Pitt's yeah. terrible in this. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like maybe it's because he's, you know, not a live studio um, TV star and or is he just generally And that's what I thought. And then right after that, um, by coincidence I saw seven and I was like, Oh man, he's also bad in this <laughs> and then uh, I started a year long campaign. Yeah. I haven't seen that since. Anyway, moving completely off topic, Alex, what is your piece of trivia for the week? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you always act surprised? Like, uh, no, uh, no. I, I have some trivia. Yeah, 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 I'm going to pass over to Dave. Okay, okay, a bit of trivia I found. I was doing this when I was doing my investigations of you know how to prosecute the film. This was just a fact. I don't know why I wrote this down. But uh, the, ta- the town is called Wormwood in here and Wormwood is actually a star mentioned in the book of Revelations and it plays a big part in the apocalypse so a little bit of a biblical nod so there. there you go yeah brilliant multi-layered film though multi-layered <laughs> Joel Joel moving on to the verdict yeah so to be honest Gav you were starting on the back foot here with the uh snidey little comment to begin with so <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> is that the cow again <laughs> so, the demon cow demon, demon cow. cow yeah um it's a little bit of a tough one for me this um but you know overall i do agree with kind of what gav said about uh when the sequel got cancelled you know the 
we did Blade Runner the other week and that kind of got panned as well um you know when that came out so i think sometimes it just takes a little bit of time for for people to maybe appreciate the uh you know kind of the film for what it is but you know overall not that dave's arguments were bad they were actually very good but there just weren't too many of them and that kind of sometimes i think speaks you know volumes about the about the film and the fact that gab's arguments were maybe a little bit more more fleshed out um, you know, kind of going into the story, kind of all the biblical references, um, all the special effects, um, and I can see Gav getting his victory music no, ready. No, I haven't. This, this is the Halloween horror noises. <laughs> it, it better I'd be. Um, so yeah, I mean, to, to cut it short, I'm going to have to put it on on the hit list just hey. because I think. It, it did pain me to put it on the hit list just because um, you, you, hate, know, you, you know, hate I do hate early. Gav. You <laughs> <laughs> hate Gav, but do you hate Demon Knight as well? Uh, when I watched the film, and I only did watch it recently, uh, it was pretty obvious within kind of half an hour that it wasn't something that would appeal to me. But I did see the appeal to other people, if that makes sense. You know, yeah, it's yeah, not sure. something that I would enjoy. Um, Tales from the Crypt, like I do watch them sometimes, I enjoy them, but some half of them I think are kind of rid- ridiculous and sure. I did you know a, a similar opinion to this really I think it's a kind of Marmite type of film yeah probably well, is. you know what you know what Joel I take back everything I said about you when you left the room before <laughs> <laughs> because you know normally when you see a film it doesn't matter about the arguments you'll just go on your own opinion but the fact is that you know you didn't like it and you still went on the arguments well, he gives you a victory and you just have a go at him <laughs> <laughs> nothing you can do nothing you can do oh god do you know what I mean Dave he did this to me three times <laughs> I just want to say thank you very much to everyone who's been sending in for listening and we'll end the we'll end the episode here and for everyone who says that Suspiria should be on the shit list oh, <laughs> right the main thing I want to know is Dave what what like how do you what do you think of Demon Knight well, there there was a mantra that you uh, once said to me, Alex, where you say, you know, you you don't lie on these things. You just try and accentuate your opinions. Yeah. About yeah, I I did not follow that mantra whatsoever. I lied. Through my <laughs> teeth. I, I thought you were. I, th- I, I did lied think you were. Through my I mean, teeth. The, did the Dick Miller thing particularly hurt? Because yeah, did. I guess I really you liked. I didn't like saying that. <laughs> no, I didn't like saying half of what I said tonight. I love Demon Knight. You know I love Demon Knight. Know. Gavin knows I love Demon Knight. <laughs> Most people listening probably worked out that I love Demon Knight. This hurt. No, I think. You did a good job. I'm actually relieved it went on the hit list. I just I didn't know how I could look Gav in the face if I ever contributed to this guy on the shit list. I mean, I, I have to say, I was as surprised as Gav when I was about ten minutes in. I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this. Like, you know, I like Tales from a Crypt, and it was. A, if, if you want to watch Tales from a Crypt film, boom, it's great. They did you know a perfect mean? job yeah, of, yeah, adap- yeah. of making an adaptation of the TV series, turning it into a, a ninety minute epic. They did a great job on I'm it. So happy, I felt like I didn't know you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know myself. Right in, in my subconscious, the real Dave was in there bound and gag for about hours. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, I, so it's that everyone's opinion. So uh, Dave... Having, having said that, that is gratuitous. The, the one argument is it. I mean, the gratuitous nudity It's a bit a dated, but I also 80s. did say, you know, it, it's HBO series. I did have a slight flashback when you were uh, speaking to, to the, to <laughs> well, the no, Bram Stryker's Dracula episode. If, if, want if anyone that. hasn't watched it, go back, and, go back and have a listen. Don't bring up Bapkins again. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
I thought that was going to be one of your points, to be honest, Alex. But no, um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this film, to be honest. I, I, it was one of my favourite films as a kid. I, when I saw it, much, much too young as I do with most horror films, and it just stuck with me because I was a massive fan of the TV show. And when I saw the film, I was just like, oh my, it's just everything that I wanted from a Tales from the Crypt film and more. And the fact that they didn't make that, well, the fact is that they actually did make the second film. They have made Dead Easy. It's just never, ever been released. So it, I, I have quite, you know people have questions about the quality of it, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I would still watch it. I would pay to watch no, that film. You, of course you would, and you'd love it. But you know, I think I, I was a little bit surprised considering like the repertoire of horror films that you've seen that you did pick this one. But maybe, well, well, do you, that as, just shows you how before, much you love it. As you said before, uh, it's a Marmite film, and I, you know I can see that. I, I looking at that. Uh, when it first came out, it was critically panned on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a really, really low rating, but on IB, IMBD, it's um, it's actually got quite a high rating. And the, well, you know, high for a horror film, anyway. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. The, the fact is, it is very, very mixed. If you go on the ratings on IMDb, you know, they're very, very varied. You'll have a couple of like nines and then a couple of ones. And when people, when you speak to people about it. If they don't get it, then they don't get it. You know, as, as you said, if somebody's going in to watch it, thinking yeah. that this is going to be like, oh, this is going to be sort of like a classic sort of... I think if you watch it and you've never seen Tales from the Crypt, then you'd probably not know what's going on. But mm. if, you, yeah, if you're a fan of Tales from the Crypt, uh, I think you'll love it. Yeah, my, my point about it being one for the fans, I don't think was invalid, but I no. think the, uh, the number of fans of Tales from the Crypt people out there are quite pr- plentiful, to be honest with you. So if you don't like Tales from the Crypt, I really don't care what you think. <laughs> yeah by the way guys I, so I know this is a bit of an obscure one anyway so if you haven't seen it please do go out and, and watch it it's available on Amazon Prime and also the Playstation Play Store uh, for I don't know about £3 or so mm-hmm. uh, it is honestly it's brilliant and if you like Tales from the Script especially if you've never seen Tales it from the script. Tales from the Script <laughs> if you like the Irish rock band the <laughs> and you like uh, Demons with No Noses you're going to love this I mean, they're all on just to give Tales from the Crypt a bad plug probably but they're all on YouTube aren't they yeah 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 no yeah, definitely episodes, so. it's not a bad plug it's a, a, a availability I think it's it's brilliant to be honest because how, how uh, the struggles that Dave and I had trying to find episodes of Tales from the Crypt yeah, yeah. Uh, you know uh, my greatest uh, well not greatest it's my, my biggest regret in life this says a lot about me as a person was that I saw all of the complete collection of Tales from the Crypt all like eight series in a um, a what you call them? Like, car boot sale. Car boot sale, yeah. In France for 10 euros and I only had about like 9 euros on me. And oh, okay. I just never went up and haggled. I, oh. I just, yes. I never, because I, I, I just thought like, yeah, because I thought, you know, like, oh man, you know, they, they might not speak English and then I'll just look like an absolute divvy for not knowing how to say, please, can I have the Tales from the Crypt TV? <laughs> That's my biggest regret in life. Anyway, um, right, so just move, moving on, moving on guys. Um, right, we put a caption on for the caption contest. Once again, I left it a little bit too late. Uh, admittedly so. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that I'm offering uh, free Freddos out to people. You know, uh, Freddos <laughs> as a prize for, for those who give us a comment. But uh, can you guess how many comments we've had? The Demon Knight. Yeah. That, that massive classic. Um, one. Yeah, one. One. So... <laughs> The winner is our graphic designer, Winston Sang, by default, because he's the only one who submitted anything. Um, So the the image is of Billy Zane. uh, There's a scene in it where he cuts himself open and he sprays his blood on the floor and it gives birth to these demons that rise from the ground and he's kind of presenting them 
uh, just as they've risen up to say, here you go, lads, is the demons. And Winston's caption was, it's a walk-off. <laughs> okay, so uh, right now, I think what we should do here is go around the room, because obviously Winston's won the free Freddo, but go around the room here and maybe think about other captions that we could have had. Uh, Dave? Um, David Cronenberg's Jesus Christ Superstar was not well received by critics. Yeah, yeah. Good. I, I've got nothing. So, <laughs> and especially nothing anywhere near as good as that. So sorry. Well, let's just leave it at that then. Okay. Um, so just to say that next week we are going to be drawing to a close uh, our Halloween Horror Month with Joel's pick. Joel, you're the last person and the film that you have chosen to defend is the Spanish horror film Wreck. Do you want to give us a little bit more detail about that, Joel? Yep. So we're saving the best to last, obviously. Um, but it's, you know, actually when I was looking at it, when we said underrated films, if you actually check a lot of the reviews, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a mixed bag. You know, there's some that are kind of like one out of five, two out of five, and then there's some that, that absolutely rave about it. So I thought... I'm a big fan of, like, zombie films. You know, pretty much all these guys know that. Um, but I watch pretty much anything and everything that comes out uh, about zombies. Uh, a lot of it's kind of been George A. Romero or, like, TV shows like The Walking Dead and Wreck is kind of one that's st- always stood out for me. And, you know, I'm not a big horror fan, so this was, uh, you know, one chance to, to speak about that film. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, and it will be... A great opportunity for me to use the soundboard for the last time, especially the zombie button. Is this the last time? <laughs> was that Gav or was that? Was that? <laughs> zombie, obviously. It sounded like Joel saying, get over here. <laughs> I, I, I actually thought it was Scorpion. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, just to say that we have drawn the rest of the rolls out. We always draw the rolls at random, but because Joel is defending his choice, he is obviously defence. The other rolls are going to be played uh, in prosecution We've got me, and as a judge, we've got Alex, which means as character witness, we've got Dave. Uh, so just before we say goodbye, I just want to say thank you very, very much to everybody who has listened to the show. Anybody who's given us a like, share, subscribe, please continue to do so. And um, please give us a like and a follow on iTunes. You can also listen to the show on SoundCloud as well soundcloud.com slash films dash on dash trial you can give us a follow on instagram and uh, twitter at film trials uh, why don't you su- uh, suggest a film for us to review and we will put it into the hat and when halloween horror month is over we will go back to the hat and pick those films out uh, while you're on twitter why don't you give our graphic designer a follow he is winston sang and you can find him at the underscore quirks he's been providing our artwork every week some of it has been exceptional well all of it has all of it all of it incredible. to be honest yeah especially these the horror ones the ha- halloween horror month he has absolutely excelled himself to be honest he is a hero uh, and while you're on twitter uh, why don't you also check out our sound engineer and uh, music superstar Austin Ray at Aussie Ray. I'm not going to give him too much praise because he's not here today and we've had to set all of this up ourselves and it was very, very frustrating. Very but he will be editing this, so this may not stay in. Cheers, he Aussie. will be editing this. Uh, so not to say that he's, he's a complete incompetent, but... <laughs> borderline anyway uh, so yeah why don't you give us a follow on Instagram on Facebook on WordPress and on YouTube just type into the search bars films on trial please give us a thumbs up a positive rating and a little cuddle and just to say we will see you all next week when we will be in your ears with Wreck goodbye